The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. All right, well, we continue in our 2018 Back to Basics. Uh, We are going back to the perennial life-transforming spiritual teaching that says to each and every one of us, you can have a great life. Now, our theme is Rising Above, Spiritual Basics for Toxic Troubling Times. So we're applying this profoundly relevant teaching to these challenging, momentous times of ours. And what we've realized is that, first of all, we are called to a presencing of oneness. Not just a believing in oneness, but a living of it. A presencing of oneness. And as we also said last week, it's about evolving consciousness. Working with our total mental atmosphere and our consciousness by means of having a dynamic vision maintaining a greater vision for our lives and for, every, uh, for the whole of life, no matter what's going on. And also realizing that the other component, the deeper roots, is what will sustain that vision. Putting deeper roots into spirit. Uh, cultivating a spiritual maturity that is based on dedicated practice, not just a bunch of ideas, but doing our inner work. And so uh, we go forward then with the realization that these really are wild and woolly times, aren't they? Uh, Definitely troubling, challenging times. Uh, And I wanted you to know that that God, too, is concerned and uh, had gotten reports that things were amiss here at this earth plane and so dispatched an angel to check up on humanity. And um, the angel went here and then came back and said, yes, God, things are bad on earth. 95% of humans are off course and are misbehaving, and only 5% are taking the high road and, and expressing greater good, and, and God was troubled by that. And, but God wanted a second opinion, so sent a second angel. And uh, this angel saw much of what was going on and went back and said, yes, God, the earth is in decline. 95% of the people are off course, they're misbehaving, and only 5% are expressing of a higher order on this planet, God. And God was deeply troubled again, and got a brilliant idea. God decided to send an email to the 5% who are taking the high road to encourage them and ask them to, to keep the high road. And you know what that email said? Yeah. Oh, you didn't get one either? <laughs> oh, I see. Well, indeed, you know, things are wild and woolly. It doesn't deserve that. But as we deal with the divisiveness and the strife, and as we talked last Sunday about the BS, the nonsense, the clashing belief systems out there, uh, what tends to happen is that people feel like it's just a wasteland, that, that, uh, that things are getting more and more chaotic, uh, more and more heavy, toxic. And what concerns me is that many, many people slide into hopelessness a sense of futility at some deep level, which causes them to hide out and back away uh, from this, this life of ours. And then this incredible teaching comes along, and it tells us of a spiritual birthright in you and me. Oh, and it tells us of, uh, of a, an empowerment that has always existed and has not diminished. And it tells us that this teaching is not about hiding from the challenges, uh, but it's about transcending them by transforming our consciousness. 
Oh, and this teaching comes along and it reminds you how wonderful you are. And how beautiful, how brave, how wise you are and how you can manifest your dreams. So yes, we're seeking to combat hopelessness. And as, as we encounter hopelessness, I would suggest that hopelessness is a cry for healing. It's a deep call for healing. And that brings us right back to the next layer of our basic principles. Dr. Holmes, our founder, Ernest Holmes, said that ours is a teaching and healing order. There were definitely a teaching order. Uh, he wove together from the deepest of truths in all the phase, the spiritual principles everyone can use, and he began to teach them in his original creation, which was the Institute of Religious Science and Philosophy. So we didn't start as a church. We started as an educational institute and only later became a spiritual movement. And our classes then are at the very core of what we're about, to learn this stuff so we can use it. And again, I reiterate that our classes are signing up for our winter series starting in early February. Beyond Limits is the first step. It takes you deep. It equips you with the practices that can make the difference for the rest of your days and beyond. And if you're a continuing student, sign up because, again, it's the deepening that creates our spiritual maturity. And ours is also a healing order. We teach these principles and practice them that we might facilitate healings of mind, body, emotions, and experience. And that's why we have such a vibrant and powerful healing ministry here under the leadership of Reverend K. Johnson. Uh, and it just gets better and better. Now healing, put just as basically as I can, is returning to truth. Returning to truth, no matter what the condition at the level of the body or the body of our experience, the things going on in our life, no matter what the condition, healing emerges when we align ourselves with the perfection of our true nature, with the perfection of our soul. That initiates true healing for us. And as we work with this, then we begin to neutralize the toxins of thought and belief that interfere with the vibration of the highest good for us, of the wholeness of our being. We let go of the ideas of unworthiness. We, we loosen the grip and dissolve the clutches of the past. All the erroneous ideas that we've heaped upon ourselves get healed away, or what I call mad vow disease. We heal the mad vow disease, the proclamations that we have made, in our lives that, that are tearing us down. And we remember instead, as we've covered the past two weeks, that there's only one life. It's the life of what has been called God. It's a divine love, an infinite intelligence that brings everything out of itself. Everything lives, moves, and has its being within that life. Thus, you are born of the Spirit. You're a spiritual being. And as such, you are a creative center of consciousness, having dominion over your thought life, and thus your personal universe, and that there's an infinite power that responds to your creative thought. So we return to these realizations that we might allow healing to unfold in our life. Now to express this more, Ernest said, healing is not creating perfection. There is a perfect part of us that is whole already. So we don't heal anything, we reveal that which is already whole. Healing is revealing. And I love the way he put it this way. There is a perfect pattern 
a perfect pattern at the center of your being which has never been touched by disease or misfortune. What you're trying to do is to awaken your whole being to spiritual awareness. For the Spirit is God. Any maladjustments in your life will be healed when you realize this perfect center within yourself. Powerful words. Now as we wrap our our arms around this thing of healing, there are a few reminders. First of all, healing can take many forms. When we align ourselves with truth, what happens is we unleash for ourselves what we in the teaching call divine right action. Divine right action is the divine's way of bringing forth even greater good than we're aware of. Divine right action, the highest and best for us. For God is always conspiring for your highest and best if we can get ourselves out of the way. It's, it allows, when we align, it allows for the upper progressive movement of the spirit throughout every aspect of our lives, meaning that the leading edge of our lives unfolds, but it's often in ways that are unexpected to us. And that's the, the incredible joy of working these principles, is unleashing this divine right action. Now, one thing we might also remember is that this body is temporal. It's temporary, and it's constantly changing. And in fact, all matter on the entire earth, all matter is temporary and ever-changing. As Dwayne Elgin put it, this body is a biodegradable spacesuit for soul-evolving experiences. So it is biodegradable. It eventually will be released that the true being... I mean, we identify with the spacesuit, but you're the being in it. That's who you really are. And so healing uh, can be that we so harmonize our thinking with the truth that we maintain the natural intelligent functioning of the body or, if necessary, we regenerate through, through this alignment. We allow for the regeneration of the body according, again, to the perfect pattern within it. And it should also be mentioned that healing can include the releasing of the body, that the wholeness of the soul might go on and continue in its greater journey. That, too, is a healing. Healing can show up as huge shifts in life. It can show up as forgiveness, where wounds are finally healed. And it can be an opening to breakthroughs in our life. But whatever it is, no matter whether it's something going on in our body or in the uh, realm of our experience, the goal for healing, the things going on there, they're facts, but they're not reality. There's a big difference. Facts can be changed. Reality is unchanging. The reality of you is your spiritual heritage and your innate wholeness. And again, our job is to reveal that wholeness. But before we reveal that wholeness, it's also very good to ask, is there a lesson or a gift in this experience of dis-ease that I might be having, whether it's physical dis-ease or dis-ease in some area of my life, what is the gift? You see, we're about healing, not just curing. In curing, you seek to just wipe away an unpleasant experience. In healing, you want to go to the causal level. You want to know what caused it. And you want to resolve that in the light of truth such that it doesn't crop back up in your life again. So many folks just want to get rid of the unpleasant, and then what happens is, since the seed is still planted, it appears again in some unique, different form. So we want to be doing that 
that healing. More than anything, what I have learned in working with myself and working with countless others is that there's always one thing begging to be healed no matter what the need may ever be. And that one thing is fear. No matter what you ever pray about, no matter what you ever seek healing for, down beneath it, you're also going to want to heal fear. Because that always seems to accompany the life conditions. And it seems to feed them uh, in some very powerful way. You see, really, fear is a deep belief in our separation from God. The erroneous idea that we're separated from God or separated from our good. And it's also the belief that what we're facing in our life is more powerful than the divine. It's more powerful than us. And thus we're the puppet and it's pulling our strings. That's where the fear is sourced from in our lives. And the interesting thing also is that it is unhealed fear that is the fertile soil for hopelessness. The thing we're addressing today. We're hopeless because we're first deeply afraid and we haven't resolved that fear. Now, you know, interestingly in our world, there are systems, organizations, companies that thrive on keeping us afraid. Because it's a very practical thing. Fearful people will do whatever you're telling them to do. Fearful people can be manipulated. Fearful people will buy what they think is a panacea. Fearful people will follow down erroneous pathways simply for their own security. And so, whether it's the drug companies constantly barraging us with fear-based ads about this drug or another, or whether it's governmental systems or other systems in the world, manufacturing systems, fear keeps being barraged. And then it's broadcast by media and built up in an enormous way And more and more, there's this epidemic of fear-based living. And people fall into hopelessness. Now listen to these words from our founder. He just hits it. One cannot be a good student of the science of mind and spirit who is filled with fear and confusion. He must keep himself in a state of equilibrium, in a state of poise, peace, and confidence in a state of spiritual understanding. By spiritual understanding is not meant anything strange or unnatural, but merely that the belief in goodness and possibilities must be greater than any apparent manifestation of its opposite. Spiritual understanding. And so as we look at the deepening that these times seem to be calling us to, It's really about moving out of fear-based living, resolving any sense of hopelessness, and using our high creative abilities in a much more powerful way. So I want to leave you today with with three things that I think can help you uh, heal fear and renew hope. And, And this is so powerful for us to do. And so it's a 3D approach, I call it. A 3D. And I'm going to give you the 3Ds because I know you're right on the edge of your seat wondering what in those world those are. you got to keep deepening, keep dreaming, and keep delighting. First of all, keep deepening. It does seem that any sense of hopelessness or the areas in our life where we seek healing, there are always opportunities for deepening. Again, it's not just about wiping away the, the experience or the condition, but it's first deepening because of it. And then it naturally seems to transform. 
And it's, it's about always knowing with spiritual understanding who we are and that we can turn to a higher truth. Mark Nepo, a wonderful friend here at Mile High, uses the metaphor of an, an organism at the bottom of the sea, on, the, on the, the floor of the sea, called a white-plumed anemone. In fact, I happen to have found a picture of one of those. They're really beautiful. And he says, it is white lace opening under tons of black, opening as if bathed in the sun while so far from the sun. This is the trick for us, isn't it? To feel the sun even in the dark. To not lose the truth of things when they go out of view. To grow just the same. To know there is still water even when we are thirsty. To know there is still love even when we're lonely. To know there is still peace even when we are suffering. This strengthens our way back to the light. A beautiful metaphor. The deepening of always sensing and turning to the light no matter what may enshroud us. Now one of the key principles and techniques that we teach and use in in this Science of Mind and Spirit is affirmative prayer. I think it's one of the great uh, contributions of Dr. Holmes that He transcended all of the fears and confusion and superstition around fear. And he said there are principles at work. Everyone can use them. And prayer is practical and available to us all. Now, many have written off prayer. um, But I'm going to invite you to consider it again. And as you get into the classes, you'll know it in very great depth. And it'll be the most powerful tool you have ever found. Now, affirmative prayer, a key about it is that it has nothing to do with changing God. It's not about uh, beseeching, pleading, bargaining, bribing God. Now, some of you have tried that. I know that. (laughs) Bribing or badgering God into submission. It's not about doing anything to God, convincing God or anything. And prayer is not about changing something in your life. It's not about changing the job or this or that. It's not even about changing the body. Affirmative, spiritually-based prayer, which Dr. Holmes called spiritual mind treatment, is about transforming our inner consciousness so that the responsive, all-powerful law of mind can respond to the shift we have made and thus bring forth greater wholeness in body, mind, circumstance, and emotions. So we do inward healing work. Knowing that the universe is already whole, it's already supplied every possibility for us, we've just got to know. And so we achieve a new vision for our lives, we move it into our hearts with feeling, and we practice it until we come to a place of believing it. Prayer takes us from truth concepts to deep believing. And remember, it is done unto us as we believe. It's an avenue to constructive believing. Now, I like to offer uh, a very simple version uh, just for this message so you can get started and then you'll deepen it and learn far more about it in the classes. But it's the, the pra- process of the gift. Remember the gift of prayer, affirmative prayer. And those four letters uh, mean something. The G stands for God is. As we begin prayer, we relax and we take our awareness away from the troubles 
And we remember that all there is is God. The one life, the one power, which is all love, intelligence, possibilities, beauty, grace, joy, and peace. That that's all there is. That underneath all of the various goings-on of life and the diversity of life is the oneness that weaves it all together. And it is infinite. And it is good. And it is enlivening all of life. And we know that oneness. We move out of separation. God is. And then the I stands for I am. And this is knowing that God is. We realize that we're formed of that divine life. And we know what the I am of us is. The I am is not our past. We let go of our past. We let go of our judgments. We realize our fears do not need to haunt us. And we know who we really are. Beings of light. Spiritual beings. We step into the light of the truth of ourselves. And we restore a a good feeling about ourselves. I am whole. I'm connected to the divine giving source. The infinite intelligence. I'm a creative being. I'm not a victim. We know that I am truth. God is. I am. And we hang out in that until we're ready to set the wheels of creation in motion in a new way. And the F stands from from now on. And so we get to the point where we We declare what shall be the truth in us from now on. And here's where we make positive, powerful affirmations in this spiritually charged inner environment. And we affirm, I am guided. I am supplied. Whatever the case may be. I draw wonderful love into into my life and I give even more love into life. My body is whole. The intelligence of the divine works in every cell function and aspect of my body. I am led into new opportunity. Whatever the case may be, we declare it as though it is ours because that is first creation. We're creating the seed, the idea seed that always precedes the active thing. So we proclaim from now on, this is the high truth of my life. And then we give thanks for it. The T stands for thanks and take over. And so we give thanks and accept deeply our good. We've planted the seed like the farmer and we're letting a greater power produce the harvest. And so we're declaring, I give thanks, and now I turn this over. It's not my job to figure out how it's going to happen or to make things or force things. I give it over to the power that created the whole universe to work in my life as well. God is. Say that. I am. am. From now on. on. Thanks and take over. over. You can start using that right now. (laughs) And see the deepening power of the core tool in our bag of tricks. Prayer. Affirmative prayer. And the second thing is keep dreaming. Keep maintaining that vista of possibility. And don't down-level your vision to the level of conditions. Conditions may need remedies. But keep your vision strong nonetheless. And see something greater. All-powerful is a vision. Keep dreaming. How, how, what's the state of your dream for you? How is it? Have you turned down the volume, tuned down the energy? Let's turn it up. Anchor it in our hearts. Viktor Frankl, the Jewish psychiatrist who was imprisoned in a Nazi prison camp, he realized that the way he and a few others survived was remembering that they always had their choice of thought that could not be taken away and by keeping a dream alive. In fact, he said, nothing is more likely to help a person overcome or endure troubles than the consciousness of having a task or a vision in life. Keep dreaming. 
And then take that ultimate step. Even if you have been hanging out in hopelessness, keep delighting. Keep delighting in life. Because no matter the struggles of life, no matter that we go through periods of pain and suffering, still life is good. And it calls us to remember that. And as it says in the Bible, this too shall pass. To not invest our hearts in the troubles, but to endure and to know high consciousness through them and delight in life. To regularly delight in the sunrises or the sunsets. To delight in the vitality and the beauty of a baby or of of small animals. To see the glory of nature and to delight in that. To see good-hearted people doing acts of kindness. To delight that beyond the squalor and the challenges of life, still life is unfolding. And we're a part of something bigger that isn't swallowed up in all the nonsense we humans have created. And it will prevail. And thus we can enjoy life a little bit. And have a good time with it. Even in the midst of struggles. Sometimes people defer their joy until things are evened out. But I say in the midst of your dark night of the soul, if that's going on for you, delight again in life. You'll find that you're not captured there. You're not in prison anymore. If Captain Gerald Coffey can do it, any one of us can. Let me remind you that in 1966, his recon jet was shot down over Vietnam and he was captured and he spent seven years and nine days in the North Vietnamese prison camp. He was regularly tortured almost every day. And uh, it was very debilitating and challenging. And yet he and the, his fellow prisoners, who were not allowed to talk in their cells, and they had individual cells, they developed a very complex tap system where they would tap out and learn a code and tap out messages. They'd tap out inspirational messages to one another. They'd tap out jokes to one another. And then they developed a really meaningful regimen because they realized even if they were in prison, they could create. They had regular prayer times and they would tap it out. They had regular exercise times right within their cells and they would move around even though they were very, very tiny. They called it the Hanoi Shuffle. And and they kept doing that. And All of this to remember that life still was happening for them. And he describes a time when he was ordered to wash himself in a rat-infested shower room that was littered with garbage and rotten bandages. And he felt at that moment really down, broken, in despair, kind of hopeless. And he happened to lift up his head at one point. and, And he saw these words written by some other American etched on the wall kind of at eye level. Smile, you're on candid camera. (laughs) And he started howling with laughter. And all of a sudden his heart opened and he saw the magnificence of the human consciousness that can, even in the midst of that, turn to humor and support another. And he went on to write in his wonderful book, Beyond Survival, he, he, he went on to write about how they continue to develop their sense of humor and savor certain aspects of their meager experience until they were liberated. Such a beautiful thing. Keep delighting. I invite you to leave here dedicated to deepening in the midst of whatever you face or if there's any hopelessness hanging on to you. I invite you to keep dreaming 
and rekindle that dream and make it powerful and protect it with everything you have and keep delighting in this beautiful life. I believe it's an antidote to hopelessness. It's an antidote to unhealed fear. And it's the key to rising above and being a light, to enjoying this magnificent life. I want to close with this great short little poem that I've always loved. Today is ours. Let's live it. And love is strong. Let's give it. A song can help. Let's sing it. And peace is dear. Let's bring it. The past is gone. Don't rue it. Our work is here. Let's do it. The world is wrong. Let's right it. The battle is hard. Let's fight it. The road is rough. Let's clear it. The future is vast. Don't fear it. Is faith asleep? Let's wake it. Because today is ours. Let's take it.